Hello, this is How It's Reported. I'm Ryan Wynn, the Emerald's podcast editor. This is How It's Reported, where we talk about how reporters do the work we do. Today, I'm here with... Amira Borders. How are you doing today? I'm good. Just good? <laughs> I'm going. I don't want to give the honest answer, you know, but it's, it's going. The week is... It's week eight. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit cold out, so we had to postpone our recording time, unfortunately. Did you have a fun snow day, though? Not at all. My car got stuck. And I'm sorry about that. I, I was just, I'm over the snow. You're I don't like snow. snow. I feel like a lot of campuses over it as well. Yeah. <laughs> so this week you wrote a cover story. Could you tell us about it? So basically I wrote a story about sex work in college, and I talked to some college students here who were strippers, which is a part of the sex work industry. And I also talked to somebody who is a cam worker online, and she was just outside of a college in Baltimore, Maryland. So she reached out to me online because I posted that I was doing this story. So I got a lot of feedback, a lot of people coming to me saying that like, hey, what I do, is that considered sex work and things of that nature? So they were just okay with telling me their stories. Some people didn't want it to be their full name out. Some people were okay with it. So it was just really interesting doing that type of reporting and navigating through that. Yeah, and that's something we'll talk about a little later in the podcast, but could you first tell our listeners how you first heard about the story? Obviously, sex workers are a topic that we hear in the everyday, but could you tell our listeners more about how you first heard and wanted to report on about the story about sex workers in college? Definitely. So you always have the joke, you know, where people say like, oh, I'll just drop out and be a stripper or I don't have to do this. I can be making so much more money. But a lot of times what I learned by doing this reporting is that a lot of people who do strip don't drop out of college. They do it to help themselves support them while they're in college. So I got the idea when I think it was last year I seen this. She's in my story as well. She posted a picture online about how like she never took out any loan money and like her career helped her. And I seen the shoes she was wearing and I knew that those shoes were stripper heels. So it kind of was just like, wow. Could you explain how you knew they were stripper heels? How did I know they were stripper heels? And could you describe what they looked like as well? Definitely. I knew they were, okay, well, what they look like is they're clear and they have like this really big platform. So like it's really, so you can stand up high and it's also for its like stability when you're like on the pole and things of that nature. I knew that they were stripper heels because I had a cousin who used to strip uh, when I was little. So like I would see her outfits and I would see the shoes she wore. So just growing up, I, I knew what a stripper was. I had a family member doing it. So when I saw that she was a stripper and she was going to college and she was going to my college, it kind of was just like, wow, people in school actually do this. And I'm kind of interested to know how many other people actually do this. Yeah. So how did you first meet these people who were working in college as sex workers? Initially, the one that the first person I saw that I realized was going to my school, I found her Instagram page and just reached out to her. And then for the other people... I kind of just talked to friends and asked them like, hey, do you know somebody who's doing this? Do you know anybody who's in this type of work? And they gave me people and the people that they gave me didn't want to talk to me. They were still a little bit afraid. They didn't want to come out about it, but they managed to post it on their Instagram and the people that they posted it on Instagram reached out to me. So it kind of I like only went out to find one person who I was able to find and everybody else kind of just came to me and said that like they were willing to talk. I did go to the um, strip club, two strip clubs here in Eugene. Wasn't really successful because mm-hmm. initially going in there, they just assume that I'm trying to work myself. Okay. And 
it's kind of it's you know it's weird having somebody come in there saying like oh I just want no I just want to talk to them I just want to see you know what their stories are and they're like sitting there trying to work they're trying to make money you know <laughs> so yeah that, that sounds a bit awkward for you yeah yeah it, it was pretty awkward so when you first started talking to these people was it a little bit difficult getting them to talk more about it or no the people who I eventually sat down and talked with they just let it all out like they told me so many stories they told me so much information they weren't really holding anything back like there wasn't a time where I asked them a question and they were just like I don't want to answer that you know the only thing that they held back on was just saying that like oh I don't want my first and last name out because like my family doesn't know or something like that yeah could you tell our audience a little bit more about how the process went for deciding whether or not you would um, not mention their last name. I know that's something that uh, some people see when they're reading the news and they're maybe a little bit confused about it. Like, what are the sort of rules around letting sources do that, if that makes sense? Do I know the rules about it? Um, when I kind of just wrote the story, I kind of just like told my my editor and everything that like, hey, I interviewed this person, but they don't want their you know, they don't want their last name out there. They'll do their first name. One person only wanted to have be referred to as her stripper name, but it linked to her Instagram page, which had her first and last name. Oh, okay. Which was pretty interesting. And I asked her about that and she said, it's just because my parents will like definitely read the paper and see that that's my name, but they won't really go online. They won't go on social media and find my page. Okay. If you get it. Navigating that, um, it definitely does take some credibility away you know when they don't want to use their first and last name but luckily one of the girls was able to she was okay with it so that was good I at least had one person who was okay with using their first and last name but everybody else it was pretty much just their first name because you have to remember a lot of these people are still in school and one of the girls who I mentioned in the story is even talking about like running for president one day and it's still like such a taboo topic you know like not everybody really talks about this and people they don't see this as a career a lot of times so they're going to look like, oh, you did that in your past. Oh, I saw you in this article. You were doing this. You know, once they graduate, try to do other careers, things of that nature. So I kind of understood it in a sense. So I was okay with it. Yeah, yeah. The last person that you mentioned, the one who wants to run to become president, she was pretty open about it, actually. Mm-hmm. I was quite surprised by that. So I was also wondering, this was your first cover story, right? Yes, how did that feel working on this? I was initially, like, initially I tried to avoid cover stories just because I couldn't find really? the right topic <laughs> that I feel I could I could do 1,500 words about and get multiple sources. Because what I usually write about is just music or, like, concerts or things of that nature. You also do Caught Up. Caught Up as well, news. Check it out. But, yeah, um, it was kind of hard because I think, like, how am I going to get these sources? How am I going to get somebody to talk to me? And then what kind of story am I going to do? Am I going to deep dive into their life am I going to like explore a current issue that's happening and I kind of just like as time went on like kind of like talking to them listening to their interviews over again and I'm kind of getting this idea like okay I know what story I'm going to tell that's what I do with a lot of my stories in just like classes and things of that nature like I'll go back and listen to the interviews and be like okay that yeah this is a good soundbite okay I know what I can write to make this make sense because I'm initially like a broadcast student so like I know how to like listen to sounds sound bites from interviews and know that okay I want to use that what do I have to say before that to make it make sense so things of that nature yeah yeah so how did it feel maybe not the day after the paper went out because it snowed after the paper went out 
but how did it feel first seeing your published work on the front page of the Emerald? It felt good. I was very proud. I was very happy about what I wrote. I was happy about what Dana did. Dana Sparks, she was a photographer and she met up with the girl. I was really happy with how the pictures came out. I got a, So far, I've gotten a lot of good feedback about it. I haven't really seen anybody say anything negative so far. And I was actually kind of anticipating that just because it is such a controversial topic. I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to be saying such bad things and they're going to email me and all this stuff. But so far, it's been pretty good. You know, knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. I don't think these tables are wood, but we, we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was also wondering, what was something... What do you think was the most surprising thing that happened while you were reporting on this story? Um, you mentioned before how you were kind of surprised that you didn't get any negative feedback. Was there anything else that was surprising that happened? No, I think the most surprising thing, I guess, was just how many people reached out to me and were willing to talk. Just because I was, I had already went in the strip club and I had already tried to talk to people in person and it was just not going well so just seeing the people that reached out to me online and were able to meet up with me in person and like were willing to talk and tell their stories I think that was the most surprising because at first I had no idea how I was going to do this or if I was going to be able to complete it because you have to have somebody sources to talk to I can't really just go out there and say like this is this and not have any information about it yeah yeah exactly so I also wanted to talk a little bit about Dana's photos the photos in the story they were very intimate. Could you tell me a little bit about what about how you and Dana worked together to not only report the story but also get multimedia like photos? Yes. Initially, when I met up with the girl who's in the photos, I had because I had an idea of how I wanted my cover to be. So I asked her and I said, "Is there any way we can get some photos of you? Maybe not necessarily have your face in the photos, but can we can we get some photos?" And she said that she was going to do a photo shoot. And I had talked to um, some of the editors and digital people at the Emerald and they said, well, we would like to do our own photo shoot. So I just reached out to her and asked her if we can set that up. And she was down with it. And I kind of gave her Dana's information and then they went out and just did their own thing. I wasn't necessarily I wasn't there for the photo shoot or anything, anything of that nature. But I kind of had like the whole idea of what I wanted to be. Like I wanted to show the hills. I wanted to have some type of reference to school that showed that like she does this, but she's also in school. So it was like a clear idea when you look at the cover. Yeah. And you're a visual person yourself. You're a broadcast journalism student. How do you feel about the photos? They were really nice. And I, I personally think, and they hit her face really well in, in some of the framings of them. I thought the photos were really great. And um, like I said, anybody who knows anything about the stripping industry, you know that like those are the type of shoes that they usually wear, like big platforms, shiny things like that. And I think the way that they had it to make sure her face wasn't in it was a nice representation. It really showed what the story was trying to tell about like how students do this. But at the same time, not everybody wants to be known that they're doing this. So yeah, I thought Dana yeah. did a really good job. So we're nearing the end of this week's episode of How It's Reported. Is there anything that you wanted to tell our listeners before we wrap things up? Um, I think that about the article, just what they should see. Yeah, I think if you read the article, you'll definitely find it's very informative. You'll and one thing that the lady said, I'm not sure if it's in the article or not, but definitely is that there's so many people on this campus and there's so many people 
even not even on this campus, but other college campuses that are involved in sex work that you wouldn't even know about. So the next time you maybe try to say that sex work isn't really a real job or things of that nature, think back and say like, well, people are actually really supporting themselves from this. And that's something you should just keep in mind. All right. Well, thanks for coming on to this week's episode of How It's Reported. I'm Ryan Wynn. I'm Amira Borders. And this has been How It's Reported. Thanks for tuning in and catch us next week.